grab a front row seat to the untold stories as we talk about how to live life on your terms. You're officially part of the inner circle. Welcome to Courtside with Courtney. And don't worry, I comped your ticket. I recognized something in you from the very first time that we ever met. And it was the reason that I felt really drawn to you. Mm-hmm. In an event full of people where we met, which we can talk about in a minute, I feel like we were just, we had an instant connection. And what I was so drawn to was how unapologetically yourself you are. Mm-hmm. That's something that I fucking love in people. And I recognized it from the minute that we started talking. It is still my favorite thing about you, although there are lots of favorite things about you. So welcome back to another episode of Courtside with Courtney, Miss Avery Woods, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I have been thinking about this all week. Oh, I know. Scotty can attest. I have been so excited to come. We have been pumped. I'm excited to show you Austin tonight. Oh, me too. That's that's going to be where the real tea happens. You're the queen of Austin. Like, I'm honored to be in your presence here. I grew up here. See, I didn't know that. I was going to ask you about that. So you're, are you born and raised Austin? Born in Manhattan, but I've lived here since I was one and a half. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So, so basically, like yeah. I've, my whole life, ever since I can remember. Yeah. I'm like, I need you to show me the ropes. I got you, girl. I'm so excited. So let's talk about you. We met at the Dibs event. Yeah. And like I said in the intro to this podcast, I was instantly drawn to you. I feel like it was one of those moments where it was my party. So I was like saying hi to everybody and, you know, wanting to be really social, but it just kept ending up being us mm-hmm. hanging out and talking because- yeah. We gravitated towards each other. I totally. feel like I saw a lot of similarities in you and we were just like magnets the whole event. I felt instantly comfortable with you, which is such a testament to how genuine you are. I could feel that from the minute that I met you. That means a lot. I I mean, I've told you so many times I have, I feel like an OG Courtney follower. Like I have been obsessed with you for so long and I, we talked about this before, but I just feel the same like boss ass bitch vibes from you. Like you just don't give a fuck what people think about you. And I love that because yeah. And I just, it took me a long time to get there for myself. And so I always just admired how much you just didn't give a shit. And I loved that. And so when you had followed me back on socials, I was like, oh shit, like I really made it. It's on baby. Yeah. And then I obviously have been a lover of dibs since you guys literally launched and I use it all the time. So when you guys did your event in Arizona and I got to meet you. I just felt that energy back from you the same way. And like you said, like we just gravitated towards each other and the conversation was so natural. And we, I feel like we like talked about our entire lives in like 30 minutes. Like instantly all of a sudden I was like, wait, are we best friends? I know. But I think that's a really cool thing about this space. I will say I've met tons of people over doing this for the past 10 years. And obviously not everyone is genuine and you can feel it pretty much right away. 100%. But the people that I have become friends with, stayed friends with, stayed close with are the people that I would be friends with, period. Yeah. No matter what. If this wasn't your job, this wasn't my job, we would be friends. I 100% agree. We would click on any level. It's just like a nice added thing. And it's the thing that brought us together, which is really cool. But I tend to gravitate towards people who I just like as human beings. Yep. And I think what's really interesting is, in my experience, some of the most genuine, down-to-earth, and really authentic people that I know that do what we do are the people that get shit on the most. I can agree to that. I think it's something about, as sad as this is, honestly, this makes me sad Like for our society, but as sad as this is, I think a lot of it stems from people's insecurity. Like When they see you growing, thriving, 
I mean, like growing as a person, but also growing on socials, but growing, thriving, and just genuinely grounded, rooted, and like confident in who you fucking are. Yeah. It pisses people off. I say the same thing all the time. I say, I would rather be hated for who I truly am than love for who I'm not. Because Amen, girl. if you want to hate me, that's okay. But at least I know personally, I was my most authentic self and you don't have to like me. Not everyone has to click and that's okay. You have the option in this life to choose the people that you're involved with. But I at least know the people that love me, love me for who I truly am. And that's like when people meet me in person, they're like, you're literally the same person. And I'm like, well, that's what I want. Like, that's the point of it is I'm never going to put a face on just to try to get likes or followers or money. I just want to like share things that make me happy and be like my most authentic self. And that's such a losing game. Yeah. And it's not one that's fulfilling at all. I completely agree with you. What I like to say, which is like similar to that is at the end of the day, I want to live my life in a way where I can go to sleep at night and I lay my little head down on the pillow and I can fall fast asleep. Yep. Because I know that I was true to who I was. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that, that's okay. She's cozy. It's like it's like what I taught Kinsley. We were talking yeah. about this earlier. Yeah. So for those of you guys who don't know, I have a six-year-old and she came to me one day at preschool. She's in kindergarten now. She came to me in preschool and she said, mom, um, so-and-so, I'm not going to dox a little girl, but <laughs> so-and-so said that they didn't like me. What do I say about that? And I thought about it for a minute and I thought, you know what? I have a good response for you. I think what you should say is, so say you don't like me. I don't like you. That's okay. I like me. So I guess that's on you. And that's on period. Period. So for me, I think that about adult. And if you do this career and you do this for long enough, it's kind of sad. And it's also powerful at the same time where you you grow, you get a really thick skin. Oh yeah. Because you have to. Yeah. Except when you crack and I cracked the other day and that's okay. And we talked about that because I do think both you and I put on that like boss bitch Franks. I just didn't really think that's who we are. We're just yeah. tough bitches. Most but of the time. Most of the time. But I also think we're human. You know, yes. we are human beings. And sometimes it's just like it builds up and it builds up, it builds up. And then it, you just crack. And I think it's important to show those vulnerable moments because those people need to know you are speaking to a human being. I'm a human being. You, you feel like I'm a robot because my life is on social media. And then it's it's the whole, you asked for this. You asked for this life. You asked to, to be, I'm like, I didn't ask for you to call me fat and ugly. I didn't ask for you to say I'm a shitty mom. No. You know, like those are so unnecessary. And it's an excuse. It's an excuse. And it's a bullshit thing that people say to make themselves feel better for putting someone else down. Yep. We absolutely didn't ask for that. Yeah, We just came on and we're genuinely trying to share our lives. And that is for you to perceive. Mm -hmm. Like your opinion of me is not my business. Also the block button's free. Like, I don't know what camera I need to look at, but like, you don't have to follow me. No, unfollow or just don't view. My favorite are like the random DMs where people are being mean and you go and look and they don't even follow you. And you're like, sick, Sharon. Yeah. Or like my favorite comeback now is so many hate. Like if I get a hate comment and they follow me, I literally respond. I'm like, but you follow me though. Like you can unfollow me or yeah, block me. You don't have to be here. Yeah, And, and it, I think too, for other people's mental health, that's okay. If yeah. something that we do or anyone that you follow does that like makes you feel down about yourself or shitty or whatever, it's totally okay for your own mental health just not to follow someone, but be able to kind of monitor yourself enough to know that if someone is bringing you that out in you, just don't fucking watch. Yep. That's okay. Yep. I and would rather have less quality people. Give us like a rundown for those of you guys 
who don't, who are listening right now and maybe don't know Avery, obviously you have a huge platform, but hopefully this will get you some new eyeballs as well. So for people who don't know who you are, can you give us just a little intro? Yeah. Um, my name's Avery Woods. I'm 28 years old. I'm based out of Arizona, but I'm originally from Central Coast, California. Um, it's kind of like winery area. People aren't really familiar Love. with that area, but it's just so stunning and beautiful. I have been with my husband for almost 10 years. February will be 10 years. I've been amazing. married. Yeah. June will be eight years married. We have four amazing kids. I'm a stepmom to my two oldest that are, well, I'm not going to say their names because I don't share them on social media, but I have a 13 year old and 11 year old. They're both girls. I love them so much. I say that they made me a mom. They're my first kids. When I met my husband, I was 18 years old. So I started That's incredible. helping raise them half the time when they were just turned four and two. And then I have, we had my son Ziggy together. He just turned five on Halloween. And then my daughter Stevie is two and a half. I am a registered nurse. I don't work as a nurse anymore. And it's only been since like September I quit. Wow. That's so recent. Yeah. I worked as an RN for almost seven years, but was doing social media on top of that. And I started social media when I was about 19, sharing my nursing school journey. And that's how I started on socials. I just wanted to share my journey in nursing school. I got noticed by Cherokee Uniforms, which is the is the biggest scrub company in the world. I love the story. This made me smile I yeah. was, when I was listening to your podcast. Yeah. Avery has a amazing podcast. You guys have to oh, check it out you. called Cheers. Speaking of, before I, before I forget to ask mm -hmm. you this, does you growing up in wine country have anything to do with why you named your podcast Cheers? No, but when we went to Paris almost two years ago, I really became obsessed with like learning about wine and pairing wine. And my parents go to Europe a lot. And it, my husband loves making cocktails. Like that's, we do that's a fun. would you drink it segment on my TikTok. We're help, we haven't done it in a while. We need to like get back on that. But he loves making new drinks. And so we, we've always just been like cheersing. And I was like, it's very on brand. Cause I, I love, love like, I love hosting people. And I love like pouring them a glass and cheersing. That's like my thing. And then both my kids, ever since they could talk, like even with their bottles, they'd be like, cheers, mama. So I just love it. Symbolic. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. But it is relevant to where you grew up, which I it think is, is also yeah. kind of like I, a I honestly never thought about that. So thank you for that reference. But yeah, so I was reached out to by Cherokee, which the people that own Cherokee at the time are really close family friends of mine now. And I had 300 Instagram followers and a private profile. And they were like, would you post a photo in exchange for us sending you a free pair of scrubs? And Always I was like, been a bad bitch. holy shit. I was like free scrubs. And I'm like a poor college kid. I'm like, yes. So they're like, you have to make your profile public. And me with my like popular 300 followers, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I could do that. Like people are going to like expose me. You know, I'm like, I have nothing to worry about. Anyways, I did it. And that's kind of like how I got on my social journey. And then I was a pediatric ICU nurse for the majority of that time. So I worked in a level one trauma, ages newborn through 17. We did a lot of like open heart surgeries, lots wow. of trauma. So like child abuse victims. We did like a lot of car accidents, drowns, especially in Arizona, it's really common. And then I transitioned to aesthetics because bedside nursing really changed after COVID. And I worked through both pan pandemics when that happened. And then I slowly started transitioning from medical influencing to like personal. And I always was really insecure with that because I thought 
people only liked me or followed me because of my nursing life. And then I started like slowly dabbling into like my days off as a nurse or like my life as a mom or me pumping at work or get ready with me is because I just always loved makeup and beauty and skincare, which is why I got into aesthetic nursing. Your skin slays, by oh, the way. Thank you. Person, thank so you. Pretty. So I was like, wow, people like me for me. That's crazy. And that really helped my confidence and kind of like break mm. me out of my shell on the internet. And then it just kind of like slowly transitioned to the point where, you know, I could have the privilege to support my family from social media and I didn't need to work as a nurse anymore. And, you know, people obviously see a lot of like the trips that I take for brands or like traveling for the podcast when really I see my kids so much more now working mm -hmm. from home than I ever did working as a full-time bedside nurse. Because if I worked three 12 and a half hour shifts in a row, that was like 13, 14, 15 hour days sometimes. So I was gone before they woke up and I was home you know, after they were in bed. So I wouldn't see my kids for three full days. Obviously nurses are absolutely amazing. It's so cool that you have that skill set and that you got to do that for so long and help people. And I feel like it's still really integral to who you are, mm -hmm. but it's so interesting how people perceive that as something that where like, oh my gosh, you're, you're such an amazing mom. You're doing that. And then you come and now you've transitioned careers and you're actually getting to see your kids a lot more. Yes. But people don't view it through that lens. Yeah. So much of life is perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, my husband's a first responder and has been for 12 years. So, you know, we've always worked insane hours and honestly, it wasn't until like this year where we had multiple days off a week together. Like we, there was a point in our life where I was working full-time night shift. He was working full-time day shift. So we had one like half day off together a week. It's like passing ships. Totally. Tonight. And then you have kids on top of it. So it's like, that's never just like alone time. Like your our kids always came first. So like we've been a, through a lot in our marriage. And so I'll never take advantage of the fact that I can, you know, make an income working from home and doing what I love and see my kids grow up. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's such a gift and such a blessing. Mm -hmm. I feel like you do a really good job of always being really grateful for that. Like I've noticed that about you and I think that's huge. And it's probably because it was a slow burn. I think a lot of people probably think or have the misconception that you kind of blew up overnight Yeah, because you did definitely blow up. Yes. And I, for at least what I perceived was really fast. You've been doing it for a really long time, but then all of a sudden it was yep. like everything changed Took for off. you. Can mm -hmm. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So like I said, the majority of my content for like probably six or seven years was solely nursing. And I think that's because it really was my whole life. Like any, any nurse can attest when you're in nursing school, like that's all you do. You study, you eat, sleep, nursing. And so that was kind of like how I started and what my journey was. And then obviously working as a full-time nurse, I loved that I was able to bring a positive outlook to nursing students and to other nurses because any oh, there was a, so much negativity surrounding nursing, mm. especially during the pandemic, because flat out nurses are not taken care of like they should. They're underpaid, they're overworked, they're understaffed. Nurses, it's, teachers, it's yes. like some of the most important careers are not valued in the way that they should be valued yep. in our society. Yep. Both my parents are teachers. So I, I saw that firsthand. And then I went into a different career that was the same way. And it's just so sad. And so I had so many people counting on me because they were like, you 
are one of the only people that brings positivity. Cause so many people are like, mm. don't go into nursing. It's so shitty. You're not going to get paid. You're going to work horrible hours. You're going to see horrible things. I genuinely loved my job as a nurse. Like I would have stayed there forever, you know, if, if I didn't have another career opportunity, but I loved it. And then when I started kind of branching out outside of that, I started TikTok and it was during the first surge of the pandemic, like during when COVID first came out. And because I was working full time, I would post like maybe a couple TikToks a month. But then when things kind of started taking off, I would kind of do research on the algorithm and the TikTok algorithm caters to three to five videos a day. That's what they push. And Is that I'll, still current? Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to like see what happens. And then like a month went by and I was like, holy shit, I like doubled my following. And then it was from like February to May. I went from like 150K to a million followers. February to May. And then from, That's insane. from May until last week, I went from one to 2 million. Wow. So I've gained 2 million. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. So I've gained like 2 million followers just this year on TikTok, which was crazy. I think it's, what's really interesting is we have completely different sort of come up stories with that. Mm -hmm. I've also been doing this for 10 years, but it's almost, it's been a slow and steady climb the whole time. My TikTok has definitely grown significantly faster than my Instagram grew. I love your TikTok, by the way. Your advice. Like I could sit and listen to you all day when you're in the car. Like I'm sassy. No, I, I love that shit though. Thank you. Um, but it's interesting because TikTok definitely has a little bit more, like less of a ceiling, I would say, than Instagram. Instagram's mm-hmm. a lot harder to grow on. Totally. Um, but it's we have same with our co-parenting journey, same with our like come up story for yeah. our careers. Like we are we're on one coin, but we're kind of on opposite sides of the coin, which is really yeah. interesting. And it's one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk today. So okay, so you double your following you're gaining a lot of people. Was more eyeballs in that short period of time exciting? Was it stressful? Was it, what, what did that feel like to you? It was exciting because I feel like it, it helped me realize my worth and not in the sense of like numbers or people praising me, but like my hard work paying off because gratifying. Yeah. I feel like a lot of influencers that I had followed actually none that I really know of came from my like career background and my experience. It was very different. And so I was like, wow. So I, in this span, you know, I had two kids. I was breastfeeding. Like I breastfed Stevie for 14 months. I was working full-time in the IC while pumping and doing social media, like as much as I could contracted with a scrub company, traveling to LA for photo shoots. Like I remember when I had Ziggy, my son, He was three months old and we drove from San Diego to LA and he was in the back with me while I was getting my hair and makeup done, breastfeeding him. Ziggy would hold him. I would go shoot. I would pump, change my scrubs. Like, so I had been doing this all behind the scenes. Were you invigorated by all of this? Like, was it really exciting or were you burnt out? Cause that sounds like a lot. I was excited because it was also new to me. I think now if I were, I'm not having any more kids, but like if I were to have another baby, I would definitely take a break and just like soak it and enjoy it. You know, my parents worked very hard and I'm so, cause they came from nothing and I'm so privileged to have such a great childhood and that they provided for me. But I wanted to build 
an empire for my family. Yeah. Like that was my goal. Really, And David came from nothing. So I was like, you know what? I want to make sure my kids have their education paid for. They can have their wedding. They can have braces. Like my grandma paid for my braces. My parents were able to do that on a teacher's salary. Get them a car when they turn 16. Make sure that they have every opportunity possible. I also have a huge goal, which I don't talk about often, but I would love to retire my husband early and get him off the streets where he's in a lot of danger because yeah. he works in a very dangerous area. Like those are goals that I have for myself and that's personal, but I fucking hustled my ass off because that's what I saw. You like, still do. I mean, yeah. I watch you hustle all the time. Yeah. You still hustle. That is another huge misconception about this career. I think people think, and we are very blessed yes. beyond measure, but people think that it's not hard work. Oh yeah. And, and also you do 800 things. You're like me. Like we have all of these things that we're doing yeah. at one time and we're very fortunate to be able to do them and be passionate about something when it comes to your husband. And when you say like, you would love to retire him early, that's such a cool goal. Like mm -hmm. I, I really respect that. Does him doing what he does and being in, in such a dangerous field and like out like that, does that ever get easier or do you constantly worry about him? It's gotten harder as I've grown bigger because there's been instant like instances where people have broken the law and when they see him they will like throw out in his face like no please don't take me to jail i follow and support your wife no mm -hmm. really yeah so that well wow. for me that terrifies me in the sense of puts him in a really uncomfortable position also too. if someone does not like me i don't want him to be targeted for that like I've had people send me photos of him as they're driving me on the side of the road. Like even not, not even like pulling someone over, but like just, they see him at like a construction site helping like with traffic. They'll just like send me a photo like that to me scares me, especially because yeah. so, so many people are anti PD because of everything that happens. Cause there are yeah. so many bad seeds in the world. And fortunately he's, incredible at what he does and he's such a kind-hearted human being and he truly just wants to help his community but it does scare me because that uniform is so targeted and if they don't like me I don't want him to be punished for that I get that well I think that's a really amazing goal I think you have absolutely the right perspective about it and that's something to work for and I feel like it's so much easier to be motivated when you're working for something and when you're working like because you genuinely love what you do and you want to help people and like, you know, make people not feel alone throughout their day to day and all that, but also support your family 100%. and do something like that. That's, that's really cool. Have you felt other shifts since you've gotten really successful when it comes to things like friendships? Oh yeah. This is talk been, about that. This has been the year of cutting people out of my life. Yep. I think it's just really sad because I am such a girl's girl. And I'm like, if I see someone succeeding, I am like, go bitch, like clapping for them, cheering them on. And I also like, we talked about this. I use it as motivation of like, yes, I love what she's doing. I could do better. Like lights a fire into my ass. I talked about this on last week's episode, but I have so many of my close friends are in amazing relationships. Mm -hmm. amazing relationships. And they're entering, you know, sometime in the near future into these next stages. And I cannot wait. And it is inspiring for me to watch them go through all of these really cool evolutions as couples and to get to like be in an amazing couple and then get engaged and get married. And that's exciting for me to watch. And it's mm -hmm. inspiring for me to watch because I don't have that right now. 
Instead of looking at that though and viewing it and being jealous and being envious and like talking shit and hating it, I love it. Yeah. I think it's so inspiring and it's so, because to me, it gives me hope. It, to me, it makes me think, you know, if, if someone else can find that I can too. And I think that's how I feel about careers. That's how I feel about anything. It's like, if someone else is doing it, use it as motivation guys. Like it can be something that you can also attain work towards it. Start today, but don't look at those people and envy it and hate on it and shit on them because you're jealous and you want to be doing it. And that can be anything from a full blown career. Like I said, to a relationship, to someone that maybe has kids, to, to so, how someone dresses, yeah. to maybe a new bag. Like you see your friend have a bag and it's like, oh, i Jeez, I can't do that. Like a big she, one for me too is like working out. Like I yes. see people because I've always struggled so much immensely with my body image, especially after having kids. And I'm like, I see someone and I'm like, she's taking her kid to the gym or she's using her baby while she does squats at home, does YouTube video. I'm like, that girl's a like that mom is a badass. Yeah, like, and if it should she can, you. I can too. Yes. Absolutely. Use it as inspiration that that should inspire you that you can also, it lets you know there's no ceiling there and you can do it too. Yes. And the sooner you realize that, and you can shit on me for saying this, but the sooner you realize it, the faster you're going to come up. Yeah. The faster you will become successful, the faster you will become happy because you realize that you can do it too. Yeah. And the longer you sit and you feel sorry for yourself and everyone goes through stuff, Lord knows I have. And I don't mean that about like, you know, deeply, really difficult things, but the, the less you sit and focus on, she has this. And I don't, the quicker you can have it too. Yeah. And I, I also think it's, it's like a maturity thing. It's a character thing. And I have cut so many people out of my life this year. Like it was detrimental. My mental health was not good, but I have come so far. And you know, what's crazy to me is I had so many toxic friends the second mm-hmm. I blocked them, not just out of my life, but on social media, their phone numbers, I was like, there's no reason for anyone to contact me. What, like what you've done is so not okay. My success just skyrocketed. And I was like, I feel like it's because the toxicity was pulling me back. Holding you down. From what I truly wanted to do. And since then, I've had other challenges with friendships where some people- do not go about it the right way when they start to see success or like see you not in like the limelight, but maybe in the social media limelight, you know what I mean? And they see you growing a following or people recognizing you. And some people just can't handle that. And it's very interesting to me. Again, it's, it all stems from jealousy. And I think that's, to me, that's really sad. Because maybe they, it's probably because they actually kind of low-key admire what you're doing and they want to be doing it again. But it's like, ugh, I can't believe she thinks she's this or that or she's so in, you know, self-involved or how she looks or she must think she's famous. And it's like, no, we don't think that. Like, that's not, that don't, people, it's their projections. There's this quote that I really love and it's what Sally says about Susie, says more about Sally than Susie. I hardly have any friends in the industry, like very few amount, because I've, just learned who my true authentic people are that have stuck by me when I was nothing, but also when I'm something, because you should want to be in my life for me, not because I have 2 million TikTok followers. That doesn't fucking matter. Just like if I meet someone on the street and they don't even have social media, I don't give a fuck. Like I, I just want people in my life that are good, uplifting people that fill my cup and are genuine. That's harder to come by than it should be. I'll tell you that much. So sad. And it's even harder to 
when you like have to have this wallop of like, okay, so why do you want to be my friend? Do you want to be my friend because you like it's me? Sad. Yeah. Like I've noticed, like I tried to make a friend with one of the moms from my son's preschool class and I like complimented her and praised her and she just kind of like up and down me and like no. did not give me the time of day. And then found out who you were. Yeah. This school, this school year, she literally stopped me was no. literally sucking my dick. No. Was like, Oh, I'll send you a message. So I was like, Oh, so that clicked for me that she follows me, knows who I am. Nope. And in my head, I was like, I will never be your friend because last year when you didn't know who I was and I complimented you, I praised you. I tried to get together for a play date because our sons play together. You wanted nothing to do with me. But now that you know who I am, I'm like, I don't want you in my life because you're not a good person. I like to joke about people like that and call them the who's who of Whoville. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. to me, it's like social climbery energy. Like there's absolutely no room for that. Yeah. There's just no room for that. I love people who are also successful doing something that they love because again, it's inspiring. And I think you can up-level each other. And if you're genuinely like badass and you recognize that in someone else, that's really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. But people who just like you for that, there's no place for that. Yeah. And I've had, I've been in the same season lately where I've been trimming the fat, we'll say, cutting people out because you realize that it really genuinely drags you down. You know, what's funny to me too, is I feel like people like, first of all, as I approach 30, I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought when I left high school, I would stop. I wouldn't be bullied anymore. Never. Cause I was bullied in high school. I thought the shit talking mean girl shit would end. It's only getting worse. I'm like, I'm sorry. We're like we're 30 years old. Like wh why is this happening? Especially on social media. Especially mom shaming. That oh, shit mom shaming. pisses me off yeah. so much. And it's so sad to me because it's people who are also moms oftentimes. And I'm like, you can't be raising your kids like this. I hope. It makes me sad. Because if you're sitting here speaking so negatively about other women I just don't understand it. And I think it's good that I, that we don't understand. Yeah. Like we can't, I cannot relate to people like that. All I, had, I can do is focus on how I raise my kids yes. for the future of our world. And you can comment and shit on me and my DMs all you want of how you think I should raise my kids. You can raise your kids however, but at least I know my kids are genuine human beings, like good human beings and that is my greatest accomplishment of my life. Like, that's all I care about. Absolutely. That is the absolute best accomplishment. And yeah. I think it's also the best gift that you can give to them. Absolutely. Because they can weather other people who aren't so nice. Yeah. Cause I I'm like my kid would like, when I'm having a sad day, my son will come bring me a flower or say, mm -hmm. mommy, you're so handsome. Cause he thinks that means mm -hmm. pretty. Like you're my best friend in the whole world. My kid's going to go up to the kid on the playground. And I've seen him do this, go up to the kid that has no friends. No one's playing with him. And he says, do you want to be my best friend? You want to play pirates? At least I know my kid is filling up someone else's cup. Yes. That's, that's lonely because they're not the popular kid. Cause he doesn't care about that. He yeah. just wants to play and have fun and give someone a friend. That's exactly how Kinsley is too. Yeah. They would get along. She loves oh, kids. That that would be so cute. Um, she's like this really mothery energy. She's the best. Everything but. I hear about her, like the more I hear about her, I'm like, she's such a vibe. She's such a vibe. Like I, I want to be her when I grow up. She's so <laughs> confident and cool. And, and I started to try to instill those things in her from a really young age. For example, she's going to be really tall. Yep. My ex six, five, I know. Uh -huh. your husband's six five but yep. for us it was like so I'll tell her I'm like being different is and she'll be like cool being tall um, being tall is cool being different is cool all bodies are cool like being unique is cool 
to me, I think being like everybody else sounds so fucking boring. Yeah, you miss so me with that boring. shit. Yeah, no, I want to stand out. And so when somebody comes up to her and they're like, you're tall, she's gonna be like, yeah. Like, or they're like, you're weird. She's like, yeah. Yeah. And your point? Yeah. Like, that's cool. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I think it is, it's also crazy the things that kids say. Even at a young age, it's been so discouraging. But she's, Kinsley is the same. She's so uplifting and kind. And I remember speaking of friends and friendships, I told her a story one time and I said, you know, um, she said, mommy, what's wrong? And she could tell that I was upset. And I said, I'm just feeling really left out. And she was like, I'm so sorry, mom. Like what happened? And I tell her the story and she says, I said, what do you think I should do? And she said, you know, I think that as long as you're being the best person that you can be, and if you're being a kind friend, this is my, makes me emotional to talk about it, but she's like, if you're being a kind friend, then I hope one day they'll be kind to you back. Oh, and she's six. She's six and she was five or four and a half when she said this. And adults can't even do that. No. And it makes me so emotional to think about because kids are so pure. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those moments where I realized, you know what? Like that's something that obviously I taught and instilled in her and she was almost teaching me back. And we had, we got to have this really cool moment where I thought, you know what? You're right. As long as I continue to hold my head up high and I continue to be the best person that I can be, I am not perfect. Like I, I say this all the time on the podcast. When it comes to friendships, though, I'm a damn good friend. Yeah. That is one thing I'm, I can say unequivocally. And I always try to learn and grow and I am not a perfect person. Um, but I like, I'll take a bullet for my people. Like I've always been like that. And so those moments hit me really hard mm-hmm. when I feel left out. Cause I'm like, damn, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to somebody else. And so that really like hurts and hits for me. It's a, like a hard, difficult topic. And I've said this on other podcasts too, I think because I have chosen to try to just always be the best version of myself that I can turn the other cheek, live life that way, rather than like firing back at other people constantly and like always sharing my side of the story. I think sometimes my silence gets misconstrued or mis like perceived as like I did something wrong Mm -hmm. when really I'm just trying to be a fucking good person. And it's hard sometimes in those moments. And I like to say too, whenever I'm giving advice, whether it's dating advice or marriage, like any of this stuff, I'm not clearly, I'm not coming from being perfect. I'm trying to say like, I've done this shit the right way. I've done it the wrong way. And I've learned a lot. And if someone else can learn from something that I have experienced and gone through, that's a win for me. Yeah. And I think you should also be so proud to have raised a kid that was able to give you that kind of mature knowledge at her age. Like that's incredible. She's like a special little, she's an old soul. I love that. I want to talk about co-parenting. Yeah. Because again, that's an area where there's a lot of similarities between you and I, I think holistically, Mm -hmm. but that's another area where we are on opposite sides of the same coin. I'm a single mom, obviously a co-parent with my ex and his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and you are stepmom, two girls. And then obviously you guys have two as well together. Let's just like dive into this conversation because I think it's not one that's had enough on social media, especially at a young age. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think it definitely comes with so many challenges. It doesn't matter what situation. It's just hard and it takes a lot of work. It is hard. And I don't think, I think it can get easier, but it's also just, it depends on the situation. And also I became a stepmom at 18. 
So I've done so much growing and maturing since then. That's a lot of responsibility at 18. How old was your husband? 24. Okay. So he had kids pretty young too. Yeah. He had, he had our oldest at 21, I believe. 21. Yeah. How did you guys meet? And when you met, how did he kind of like intro that to you? Did you have any hesitation or were you just ready to dive in right away? Where was your headspace at at that point? I, so we met when I was 18 and a freshman in college, I worked at Starbucks. I love that. And he came in on duty, like in full uniform. And this- Did you think he was hot like right away? You're like, damn. uh, Yeah, this (laughs) six foot five man in uniform and like just walked in and I was like, oh shit. I literally was, and I've always been like a confident kind of assertive person. Like I've never been one to like hide in my shell. Like I've always been very outspoken and just- vibrant and unapologetically you exactly Again, that's like it goes back to what I said in the intro of this podcast yes. that's the first thing I noticed about you yes so he walks in and I was like oh my god this is going to ruin me like he's gonna ruin me um Ho- hopefully he still does <laughs> Scotty laughs in the background shout out Scotty shout out Scotty um, he see he sees us in the kitchen, always all over each other. Ten years later, I actually love that about y'all's vlogs. Like ten yeah. years in, I want to talk about marriage too. We have a lot to talk about. But yes, I'm gonna try yes. to stay on track. So, anyways, it. I had a line out the door of my customers, and I said, "No, you guys all can wait. I am meeting the love of my life right now." So I stepped off to the side, and we literally like it is like a movie. I'm not kidding. Like, the oh. entire world around me disappeared. Stop! I'm so crap. Like literally, I couldn't see anything. I remember being really? so. He was so intrigued with me where it was like, he was genuinely curious. He's like, where'd you grow up? Like, what are your parents like? Right then and there in Starbucks? Right then and there. He's like, what are your aspirations? If he wanted to, he would, ladies. Yeah. And then he goes, I really like your glittery eyeliner. Like I wore like a silver Victoria's Secret, like liquid eyeshadow. And I looked at him and I was like, it's actually eyeshadow. And he's like, I remember that was the first time ever both in and out of uniform that a woman like corrected me. And I was like, oh shit, I'm in for it. He's like, watch out. Yeah. So I comped his drink for free. I also love free. that too, because I hate when guys are like, I just wish you were natural all the time. No, like compliment my glittery ass yeah, eyeshadow, please. Like, fuck you. I just spent 20 minutes on the smoke yet. Like, yes. I'm not doing this so I can lick my own dick. Like, Jesus. Oh, that wasn't, that was inappropriate. I'm so sorry. I'm just like becoming it. She gave me my favorite wine, you guys. I can't help it. Okay. Anyways, so- I'm ignoring all my customers. And then um, someone like interrupted my love moment and they were like, um, can you take my order please? And I was like, so oh yes, knew. so sorry. Like you knew in the moment. Right then and there. Uh, it was like not even a question. And I, that's what makes me so sad about how our world has turned into just online dating. And because then it wasn't a thing. Like, I think like Tinder was like just now coming out, but I never did. Like I had one boyfriend when I was 15 till I was 18. Then I met David. I'm not settling until I have that. Yeah. That's what I've said for years now since I got divorced really. But I refuse to settle for anything less than that. Like I want that. Yeah. And I'm not lonely being single. Yeah. I'm not lonely. Like I don't feel alone. I have felt so alone trapped inside shit ass relationships. Mm-hmm. I felt so alone like that. But I would rather be single and wait for that. And it's... It was literally, and I was never one to be like, oh, like soulmate, uh, what do you know, you know. I literally knew. It was like not even a question. So 
Fast forward, he came in three times in one four-hour shift before he finally had the courage to ask for my number. So he came in like 45 minutes later, left, and then came in right when I was locking the door and closing. And I printed out receipt paper and wrote my number on it when he asked me on a date. So yeah, that was 10 years ago. But- So when did he share? When did he say, I'm a dad, I have two daughters? So he- we met in February. His divorce was finalized the October before, but they were separated for, I don't know how long, but like, you know, divorce takes a while. So they were separated for quite a while and then they got their divorce finalized in October. We met in February. So everyone that he was friends with in and out of law enforcement were like, no, this is like your fuck face. Like you need to Uh hook up. And he was like, I don't know, man, like this girl is like, different different and they were like no you just have to like that's it it." wasn't yesterday though like I'm sure he still got some of his phase at least totally oh yeah he did so anyways we he takes me out we started hooking up a couple dates into it I don't even remember how many but then once I finally like slept with him he was like yeah no I have no interest in like a relationship like I just want to hook up oh yeah no and I was like bye I say this all the time, especially on TikTok. You know how to be the one that got away, everybody? Get yeah. away. Yeah. Be willing to walk away. Oh, wait, but listen to You just to have this. to be willing to leave. Then Valentine's Day comes. And I was like, well, if you don't want a relationship with me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into it. Like I was, I've never really been like into the hookup phase. I also was like 18 and scared to do that. But I also knew when I met him, I was like, I want more than just sex with you. Yeah. Like I want to have a relationship with you because I'm like, I think I'm in love with you. And I just met you. Wait, did you already know he had kids at this point? Like, have y'all talked about this yet? No. Okay. So then when he told me that, I ignored him. I stopped texting him for like a week. And then he texts me on Valentine's Day and he goes, happy Valentine's, sends me a photo of the girls holding cupcakes. And he goes, happy Valentine's Day, BTW, I have two daughters. That's how he said it. No. Such a man. And I said- such a man way to do it. He's like, surprise. I said, LOL, that's so funny. I literally thought it was a joke. I thought it was like his nieces or something. Yeah. Yeah. So then I blocked him because he's again, he's still young at this point. Yeah. 24. So I literally blocked him. I was like, you have kids. I'm fucking, I'm a baby. So you've been divorced and you don't want a relationship. I'm wasting my time. I blocked his fucking number. He like a week goes by. I would see him on the security camera at Starbucks and I would hide in the back and wait for him to leave the lobby because he wouldn't leave me the fuck alone. Do you remember his order still? Oh yeah. It was a tr- a triple grande whole milk, non-fat, no whip, no foam, extra hot white mocha. He's a bougie motherfucker. Still. Yeah. So stayed bougie. Yeah. So I like would stay in like the freezer in the back because I was like, I need him to leave. You're shivering back there like- This fine. motherfucker went to Verizon and got a new phone number so he could text me because I blocked his number. Again, if he wanted to, he would ladies. Yeah. So I remember no. I'm closing because I was a shift supervisor at Starbucks. So I was closing this. I closed the store and I'm in the safe, like counting the money. And this random number keeps fucking calling no. me. And I answer it. And he was like, I see your car in the parking lot. When you close, can we please talk? And I was like, no, stop fucking calling me. You guys had been, you guys had hung out for how long at this point? A couple weeks, but okay. I had his number blocked for like probably a week. And so I, he's like, don't hang up on me. And I go, click, I hang up the phone. And so he calls me back you again. You know it was him, right? When you picked up. Yeah. He calls me back again. And he's like, all I ask is 30 minutes sitting down so I can explain my situation and why I have kids. Like my whole backstory. 
if you want nothing to do with me after that conversation, I will never bother you again. That seems completely reasonable. Yeah. Good for him. But my question is like, why did he say he didn't want a relationship? Did he just freak out or think you wouldn't want that? No. Or I think, what, was, what was the little meltdown for? I think he was really in his head and got married so, so, so young. Like he lost his virginity on his wedding night. Their first kiss was on the altar because they were like courted. They were, he was no a pressure. He was a pastor's kid, grew up extremely okay. religious. They were courted first because so like he had no life experience. Wow. And then he went into law enforcement after marriage. So I think a lot of people were just like, bro, what are you doing? Like you just got divorced. You're so young. Like go sell your oats and have fun. But he, I think he just kind of was like, I can't risk losing her. But that wasn't the, that wasn't y'all's connection. No, you can't. It's like, you can't miss what's for you. Exactly. I say this a lot. And I think it, that's a whole other interesting conversation about timing. Like, do you really think it's the right timing or the right person? Does it have to be both or is, is the person enough no matter what? And it's interesting because yeah. it's almost like the timing wasn't necessarily ideal for what he thought his trajectory or the people around him thought like he should be doing, totally. but you were the person. And at the end of the day, that superseded mm-hmm. the timing. Yeah. And I think it just scared him. And he always told me, he was like, my mom always like prepared me after I got divorced of like, like prepare yourself, you know, when you do decide to move on, like you'll probably marry someone that probably has their own kids or like maybe has some baggage of their own because that's extremely hard for a young single female to take on an ex-wife, multiple kids, like without any of that yeah, yourself. Can't be fully committed to you because the kids will always come first. Like that's really hard to get into. And so I think it just scared him when we connected so easily. But then we met up at a different location, Starbucks, and we sat and we talked for like seven hours. He told me everything, his childhood through marriage, through kids, through divorce, like where he's at now, like everything. And I could tell he was so genuine. And from that day on, it's been the last 10 years together. Did you have any hesitation when it came to the girls? Once you knew like he was ready to have a relationship, were you nervous or did you just think, you know, this is my person and this is part of my person. And so I'm going to jump in. I never had hesitations. I think I was actually excited because I loved kids. Like I, I knew I always wanted to be a mom I think the hardest part about it was two things. And that was one, being 18 and immature, realizing that he will never be able to choose me first. And that now I love that about him because he's the greatest, most present father I've ever known. Like of anyone I've ever met, he is the most hands-on dad. And so I'm so glad he has that. But of course, at 18 in a new relationship, I'm like, I should be your obsession. What about me? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then the other part too is like the fact that you have to be involved with your ex-wife for the rest of your life. Like that's extremely difficult for a female, especially an 18 year old female. Like that's really hard. And so like when he would go downstairs of our apartment and do the kid exchange, I would like watch out the window. I'm like watching like so hardcore because I'm like, what's this relationship like? Like, it's so weird, especially because I didn't meet her for so long. So it was just kind of like the unknown, but like, that's hard. That's a sticky situation, especially for an 18 year old. Like I was a kid. Were you ever intimidated by her as their mom or did you go into it open, just wanting everybody to get along, like for the sake of the kids, where was your mental headspace at when it came to her specifically? Because again, I'm the other person in that equation. Yeah, I... I told you this off camera, but I still have a photo of a letter I wrote her when I was 18. And 
actually, I think I had turned nine. I was, I was 19 at this point because we had lived together for a while and we hadn't met yet. I just don't think she was ready. And I don't fault her for that at all. I think it's a really hard situation. You know, like I think I level with her a lot more now having my own blood children, which I love my stepkids as my own. But I think, you know, growing a child, birthing a child, nursing a child and raising this kid from birth, I understand where she's coming from because if God forbid Dave and I ever got divorced, another woman stepped in in their household, that would be extremely difficult. And so that, hard. for that, I praise you for that. But I, while I was living with David at that point, we'd already moved in together. And so three and a half days a week, I was raising the kids. And so- I was going to ask you, do you guys- have joint custody now? Did you have it then? So now they moved uh, four hours away, but they're because her whole family lives up there. But now that her aunt and cousins moved back down to the valley, they want to come to school in the valley. So that's our plan for the spring. But for years, it was three and a half days a week, three and a half days a week. So she wasn't ready to meet me. And that's again, that's okay. That was her decision. It's it, those are her kids. So I told David, I was like, I don't have her phone number. I don't have her email. I'm going to handwrite her a letter. And I have the photos on my, on my computer. And it says, and I, I, it says something like, you know, I would never want to replace you as their mom. You're their mom. I would never take that away from you, you know, but they're at the age now where they're asking questions of like, why doesn't my mommy like you? Or why don't you like my mommy? Because they see like the separation. They felt so much of the separation. And they, they're smart. Yeah. And they also see like, you're staying in the apartment while dad walks us downstairs. Like, why won't you What's guys- What's the problem? Exactly. And like our oldest was like four going on five at this point. So like she's starting to notice, right? And so I wrote her this long letter and I said, you know, I would just love to meet you even if it was in front of the girls just to show like, there's no hostility. We're just kind of learning. And then I gave her my phone number and my email and I can't remember how long had passed, but it, a little bit had passed. And she had finally sent me an email and said, you know, I do think it's time we met in front of the girls if you're comfortable during the next like exchange. And then that's when we met. Personal selfish question, just because I, I hope it can like garner a little bit of insight for me going forward. Do you have advice or I know obviously you are significantly younger, but like coming in to that role, is there anything that you would tell me for like future person for me to bring into like my space with Kinsley and them like and this like, you know, future individual, like, is there anything that was helpful for you or something like when you guys were kind of becoming a family on your end? I think it was just the open communication of like the mental prep behind it. And I also think, you know, when you're at that point where you're like, I could envision them being part of your daughter's life, it's, are they showing an effort to like put her first, right? Like I would always, like the first time I met the girls, I remember I like, he had told me something like, oh, they love swimming. I need to get them new suits. And so I like went to Target and got them new bathing suits. And the first time I ever met them, I made, we like went swimming and then I went, we came home and David made mac and cheese for him. We were sitting at the table and our oldest looked up at me and she's four and she goes, I just love you. And David was like, that was the moment I knew like you'd be she in our lives too. forever. Yeah. She knew too. I swear. I think the kids have kind of like a sixth sense. Totally. They haven't been jaded by the world yet and they can feel things that we don't always feel or that we lost 
It's like yeah. the Polar Express. Yeah. You can't hear yes, the bell. It's true. They like have this connection to like the universe that I feel like sometimes as adults we lose. Mm-hmm. And so she probably felt the same thing that you guys felt. Yeah, definitely not so much as like fatherly instinct, but like if they seem, if they're asking questions, like what did you and Kinsley do today? Or like, what's her favorite color? What kind of stuff does she like? Like stuff that makes them seem interested because if they're not with you, then they're sure as hell aren't going to be with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's so important. And I think it's also obviously like the role of a dad is a big role to like step into, but it's if they love you purely and wholly, they will love her even more because she's part of you. And she's such a, she's such a bonus. Absolutely. Such a bonus. And I think in a weird way, until you have kids of your own, or if you never have kids of your own or whatever, if you're the other person coming into that role, it's interesting too, because you get half the time with your partner and then you get half the time as a family unit, of course, like if the relationship progresses to that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was even something that took me a while to get used to that. Cause we do week on week off right now. Mm. And that was even something that it took me a long time to get used to yeah. because it's, she's there and that's my focus. And then she's not there. And I'm, I live alone at my house. Obviously we have Kitty, but you know, and then that like ebb and flow. And as much as obviously it's, I miss her so much every single day when she's not there and it sucks. Like I felt like she needed to also be around her dad. Mm -hmm. And my job and my opinion of my job as her mom is that I always want to put her first. Yeah. Period. That is parenting. And Mm -hmm. I always want to put her first no matter what. And sometimes that looks like having those positive co-parenting conversations, even when it's hard. Yeah. Even when maybe I'm pissed off or I'm not that happy or I'm feeling really frustrated or whatever. It's like not, you know, kind of guarding her from that and just doing what is in the best interest of her for her happiness, for her to be grounded and, you know, flourishing. Like that's what's important. And I think with that mentality has been like the thing that sort of got me through the tougher seasons of co-parenting. It's just been like, it's not about me. Yeah. It's about her. But I think when it comes to bringing someone else into that equation and as much as it's like heartbreaking and I miss her so much when she's gone, I know it's good for her to also be with her dad. So the, again, flipping the perspective, because I'm so big on flipping perspectives and, and outlook is that that could then also be a good opportunity for you and your partner to have that solo time. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And like really connect and do stuff that if you had a kid that was there 24 seven, you wouldn't necessarily get that same opportunity to really have that quality solo time in the beginning. So as jarring as it is, I feel like maybe that could also be like a silver lining. Totally. It's like you said, like the kids will always come first and there's things that come up all the time that I'm like, not my favorite thing or like, this is really fucking hard. But I always have to think as the kids have gotten older, they'll like say something to me. Like, I remember when you did this or like, I remember they know. when they notice. They later. know. And it's, that is so gratifying and worth it to me because they don't need to see fighting. They don't need to see bickering. They don't need to see arguing. They just need to see that I, they will always come first. And they're loved. And they're loved. And that 
you know, I wanted to reach out and take that next step to meet their mom. Yeah, you know, the person that's that big and them. that's brave too. And I love your approach too. Like, hey, I'm not trying to replace you. No, I just want to be here for me. Like, the more people to love in your kids, the better. More is more. More yep. love is better. Yep. So I think if you can have that perspective and not make it personal, I think the hardest part sometimes of co-parenting. I got um shit on a little bit the other day by DMs because people, most people, 99.9% of people understood what I was saying. But I said something in a Q&A about how my ex and I are not friends. Mm. We're divorced. Like obviously he's not my favorite person on planet earth, but there's a big difference in like really being like, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. I love them. And being like, I respect you. You're the co-parent of my kid. And we work well together to raise a really amazing human. Those are two different things. Totally. If we really got along and we were like best friends and it was like rainbows and butterflies all the time, like maybe we wouldn't be divorced. Yeah. So obviously we're here for a reason, but I think like just having that continued perspective and that foundation of just, we're able to respect each other and we're able to work well. The harder times are, I feel like when adults make it about themselves. Yeah. And I've, I've tried to kind of break that barrier, which I've never talked about before, but even, you know, almost 10 years later, it was our, our middle. So my youngest stepdaughter's birthday. And I was like, what do you want to do? She's like, I want to go shopping. I said, okay, great. Let's go shopping. She want to go to Sephora and she loves like Abercrombie. She's like getting so trendy. It's so, I love this stage because I'm like, she's like, I want the Sol de Janeiro perfume like you use. She's like, I just want to go to Sephora and you can pick me out all your favorite things. I was like, say less queen. Like, let's go shopping. I got for you. Yeah, it was so fun. So I told her, I said, why don't you text your mom and invite her? Like, like, like let's make it a girl day. Like this yeah. is, I mean, I would love that text. As the mom, I would yeah. be like, thank you so much for- Yeah, because I'm like- Like including me. I'd feel great about that. These preteen years are so important. Can't get them back. You'll never get them back. And it's like such a monumental bond with your mom because it can go one of two ways. You can either be really close or arch enemies as hormones come and periods start. Like it's like, you know, they get yeah. crazy. Like I did as a teenager, I got crazy. So I was like, why don't you text your mom and say like, you want to come? Like she was in town and I was like, why don't we like do a girl's day? I was like, well, we can all go to lunch and shopping. Yeah. And she said, no. And that's okay. I think she just, I don't know if she's just not ready or like she never wants to break that boundary. It's just that the stuff like that makes me so mad and frustrated though, because it's not about you. That's my thing. It's, it's always about the kids. And I'm like, there's going to be a time where like prom, right. We're all, we're all going to be able to do that though. And I think that's what separates that's like the difference I think for me, because like I've had those moments too. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not about you. Yeah. And I think the sooner you realize that we don't have to like be rainbows and butterflies, but like, Hey, let's go and do this thing together because this is what is best for them. Totally. I think like that's the point. Right. And that's all I care about. And I'm like, there's going to be a time where like you go to prom and we all come or like you get married graduate college, like all of us are going to have to And also, why would you want that moment to be that, yeah. that moment? Like, yeah. why would you want that to be the first time? Totally. And, and it's, it can be nice to do things together too. We usually try to do Halloween together. Yeah. And, and it's, Kinsley loves it. Like she yeah. likes seeing everybody together. And I think that's yeah. important. I want to talk about something fun and happy and exciting. Okay. I want to okay. talk about your upcoming renewals. Give me the breakdown. Like, is there a mood board? Is there inspo? Walk me through the whole thing. You obviously put in the work. You deserve it, queen. Oh, thank you. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So nothing is like set in stone plan. So for those that don't know, 
when David and I got married, we literally had no money. It was my first semester of nursing school and we got married in a courthouse for $75. I went to Ross Dress for Less and my dress was $11.99 and I had like a tear in I it. See, do you have pictures? I want to see. No, I have no photos. Wow. Not one photo. David literally met me after work. I changed out of my scrubs in my car in my $11 dress and walked in the courthouse and got married for 75 bucks. Something so fucking cool about that though, because- don't you think in a weird way too, I feel like sometimes the wedding industry, it's like, and obviously we all want like the beautiful ring and the dress yes. and all the things, but it's like, it's about loving the person. And 100%. I think if that's not something that you can do, like that's okay because yeah. it's not the point of getting married. And it's also not what's going to get you through. Yeah. And we have literally the most beautiful marriage. Like it is not for show. It is, he is genuinely that. my best friend. You can it's tell so healthy. Your, on your TikTok and stuff that he's yeah. just like obsessed with you. And he is just like the greatest human. And again, like we didn't need, or we couldn't even have a showy wedding if we wanted to, because we didn't have money. And that's okay. Cause you know, we're almost 10 years later and here we are. And by the way, I just like finally upgraded it is my so ring. Pretty. I got a new diamond. Guys, it's crazy. We could zoom. I, right when you walked in, we have been talking for like 30 minutes and I was like, I'm so sorry. I have to interrupt you. Can I please see this immediately? Because I can't focus. It's so sparkly. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And Thank I'm just like, you. I was just like going cross-eyed. I was like, I have to see this <laughs> before. Well, my original, so my engagement ring setting is the same. I just had a Morganite and I think the stone for my Morganite was like $600. And then I never even had a wedding band because we didn't have money for it. So he made me a wedding band and then I got a real diamond. So that it was like so pretty. That was like such a pinch me moment because we just celebrated our seven year wedding anniversary. And I was like, wow, like this is crazy. So I told him, I was like, I think for our 10 year wedding anniversary, we should do a vow renewal and like fly out all our closest family and friends, like the people oh. that have just been here for us, have our kids with us, like get a photographer, like maybe 20 thing. people. I'm thinking Italy. A I literal just, dream. Yeah, I'm thinking just like an open Scotty's back. He's clapping, yes. Yeah, he's so excited. <laughs> I'm thinking like an open back, like silk dress, which Stop. is like a very simple bouquet mm. and just have like my kids walk me down the aisle and and just like celebrate what we've overcome in the last decade of marriage. And what you've built and how you've grown. Totally. That's yeah. fucking Because awesome. I told him, I was like, we fucking deserve this. Like yeah, we deserve do. to celebrate our love and our marriage and like where we've come from because we truly have built our own empire. I cannot you know? wait. I know we're both the queens that cuss and I have a question because mm -hmm. whenever I, so I cuss on TikTok and in real life a lot yeah, and I usually keep it more vanilla on Instagram mm -hmm. because whenever I do, I feel like I get DMs being like my children are in the room or whatever. Oh, please. Do you get, do you get shit on for cussing on Instagram? Honestly, not much. I feel like I've always done that like from the start. I need to rip the bandaid off and just do it. Because honestly, if they're uncomfortable with the way I speak, because that's how I speak in person, like just unfollow me again. Yeah. But I also like, oh God, I've met so many influencers. And I told Scotty this, like at events or, or brand trips. And I'm like, you're so much cooler in person. Like you're so much cooler in person. I feel like you'd be even more successful if you were just if you were more yourself. yourself. You have to push, push past that. So this is why I love TikTok. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got to show up on TikTok unapologetically myself today as I am and every day. Yep. I feel like for me with Instagram, I'm definitely still myself, but I feel like a little bit more of a vanilla version of myself because people are so hell bent on, we want the old you. And honestly, I don't give a fuck to, yeah. be, to be really real. If you want the old me go, like, I'm sure you can- you can go watch my old shit. Yeah. Watch my old videos or whatever. 
I also think it's crazy because I'm so proud of the person that I've become and evolved into. And I wouldn't, I've said this before, I wouldn't want to be the old me. She yeah. was not as cool as the current me. I can promise you that. And that's on period. And yeah. And I think like the people that are really in my life know that, but that's almost like one last layer I need to shed. I think mm-hmm. when it comes to that, of just being like brave enough to just completely be me and on that platform specifically and just kind of have the courage to say like, and if you don't like it, that's okay. And like Kinsley says. Yeah. Slay Kinsley. It's another like vulnerable state to be in because when you are your true authentic self and people don't like you, then they just truly don't like you. Yeah. And again, like it's just one of those, like rip the bandaid off, got to get past it. It's a double-edged sword though, because while it's more painful because it feels more personal, it's like, it also doesn't matter. Totally. Because like, like we started out saying in the beginning of this podcast, that's okay. If you aren't like the cool with the version of me that I am right now, I am. And then that's okay. And you go find your people. I'll find my people and we can call it good. If people don't like me for me, that's okay. But like, I'm still successful for being me. And that's something I'm vastly proud of that I've As built should be. businesses like just like, like you, like we've built businesses, we've built brands and made a name for ourselves and built an audience to provide for our family and like generational wealth that just because we're our authentic selves, like that's huge. And that's, and it's badass guys. And yeah. if you want to do it, you can do it too. And you Absolutely. should. I tell people all the time, like you want to do this, stop questioning it. Just do it. Just do something you're passionate about, something you love doing give it your all and I'll be your biggest cheerleader. Like there's room for everyone. How to start and it's just start. Yeah. There's room for everyone. I agree. And I think those people that have that mindset, I mirror you completely. And people that have that mindset are the most successful people. Stop worrying about who else is doing it and why, you know, and how it's oversaturated. Just do it. Yep. hundred percent. I want to ask you some questions that my followers have for you. Okay. How do you keep it spicy? How do you have a spicy sex life after having two kids, being a mom of four, being married? Like, give me some tea, girl. You know what's so funny is I told Scotty the other day, I was like, Dave and I hardly ever fight. When we, I I would also wouldn't categorize it as fighting. I think we just like argue or like have miscommunication, but we're very communicative. Like we, that's something I'm most proud of is that we talk through so much shit. Like after- we weren't seeing eye to eye. Like we sat on, on in Ziggy's room while the kids were like playing with trains. We had like an hour and a half conversation. Just like put it all out there and it was so good. But then like the sex that night and like, this was like last week. I was Makeup like, sex. I told Scotty, I said, I don't know how in 10 years, like it keeps getting better. Like it was the best sex we've ever had. And it was 10 years later. But I think obviously you become more comfortable with each other. Like as time goes on, which we obviously got comfortable with each other a long, long time ago, but I think it's just like fun to experiment or like have an addition of like a toy or a vibrator. Yeah, and I think I, I link my vibrator on Amazon all the time. It's my number one bestseller. What's but up? I'm, I'm in the market for a new one. Which one do you like? Oh my God. It's so good. I'll send you the link. I okay. forgot the brand, but it's, it's a wand on Amazon. I'm obsessed with it. Oh. But like- David's friends or like people I know will be like, oh, my husband gets so offended when I use a vibrator. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to get off without one? First like, of all, tell your husband to grow up. Yeah. Tell your husband to stop being so fucking immature. But I think like experimenting or it's so fun to like enjoy a bottle of wine. You have like a nice little mm. buzz or like watch a new show together. Sexy little drink. Just- a new place in the house. Do like a little staycation. I'll, I'll surprise him with like a new Skims lingerie set. And he's yes, like, queen. holy shit. Does he you have, know? or do you have like a favorite color? 
like lingerie. Yeah, like where you feel hottest. Neons, because it makes Ooh. me look really tan. I just bought like a neon yellow set from Skims, but it's all see-through mesh. And my, and my nipples are pierced like with diamonds. Hot. So it, like, oh, it's hot. Yeah, it's cute. I love that. Your boobs look so good, by the way. They, oh yeah, it's another thing. We love our new titties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yours look so good, new by the way. Yes. You know what, too? This is so funny about social media, but I feel like people are always really, they encourage you, like, be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> Tell me what you've had done. You say it and they like shit on you. They eat you alive for it. And I'm like, the bigger I grow, I feel like the more closed off I am for that reason. Cause I'm like, I'm such an open book, but not when you shit on me for being honest. And like, we want to be open. So stop yes. shitting on us. I'm like, I don't want to lie. I don't want to hide the truth. But like, if you're going to annihilate me for being honest, why you're, would I share? You're losing your own privileges. Like 100%. the more you shit on us, the less you get to I'm know. I'm putting you in time out. Yes. And I'm not talking about it anymore. Privileges revoked. How do you build confidence after two kids? Oh, that's a good one. I honestly feel like I was not the most confident person until after I had kids. I think because I watched what my body could do. Like I, I gave birth to Ziggy at 210 pounds. I was a big old mama. Like I was oh, eating. Probably so beautiful. I love that. Soak it up. Oh, I loved it. Like I... I hate when people are like, oh, I was working out six weeks postpartum. Like, let's not build an unhealthy expectation for it's other not moms. time to show it's off. not time you can't even have sex yet what the fuck are you doing lifting away okay not trying to be a hero yeah okay? no 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 you just shit a baby out so no you were so beautiful yeah and i'm like i was pregnant i had c-sections i breastfed for a really long time i was Which working is during so this too yeah so i feel like as i watched my bo- like witnessed my body i remember like being in a diaper and like shrinking up again like postpartum and i was like Damn, the woman's body is Incredible. so powerful. And just like, I just was like looking at myself and I was just like, you fucking did that, bitch. Yeah, you did. And I also think, I mean, David is an anomaly where he is just like the most encouraging person. He's like, you could gain 300 pounds and I would still Which annihilate you. Oh, Which I love it. Hot. And I also think it like, a takes, confident king. And it takes less, pr- it takes so much pressure off me where I'm like, I don't feel like I need to like, look a certain way or have this expectation but for again, you. But again, that's the shit that lasts because he loves you for you. Totally. And finds you beautiful in every phase and every stage, which is true. You are beautiful in every phase totally. stage. So at the end of the day, it's like, if he doesn't get that, cut him, ladies. Absolutely. How do you stay a bad bitch <laughs> and so humble at the same time? Staying humble definitely attributes to my career before and like what I came from, you know, I didn't come from a lot in my childhood, which I didn't need a lot. Like we had a happy, healthy childhood and that's all that matters. But I also, you know, I worked really hard for a long, was overworked for so long for nothing. And same with my husband, like that's the career that he's in. And so present day too. Yeah. And I'm like, when Mm. I can walk into a car dealership and buy a car in cash I will never get over that. I don't care how much time passes. I don't even like a designer item. I I still pinch myself about shit like that because I remember being like six and my mom like pointing out a Louis Vuitton bag and she's like, I would never be able to buy that. And like the fact that I have the ability to like buy that as like gifts for my friends or like for my parents or like. And again, though, let that motivate you. Totally. And that's how I was. If you see it and you want it, let it motivate you. Don't let it be discouraging and depressing and like aside for you, like let it motivate you because you can do it too. Yes. And aside from money, I think it's just like being humble of 
being recognized in public. Like I always try to ask people's names or be like, ask if they want a photo or just like hug them because I've been in people's presence. that have a social media account that's big and they're so bothered by people stopping And they're them. not nice and it's so uncomfortable. And they're and not same. nice. I've experienced that too. And you walked up and you're like, hi. And they're like, hi. And you're like, okay, never mind. Well, and my thing is, I'm like, I would not have my career, or my platform without them if they didn't follow and support me. Yep. So I'm like, I praise you because you literally gave me my entire career. Not that truck being so fucking loud. Honestly, the audacity. The that audacity. truck is like every man in Austin. Just the audacity. <laughs> I know he's got a tiny weenie too. Of course he does. It's called overcompensation. That's right. You can confirm. Tips on keeping a good marriage. I need these tips. Give it to me straight. I obviously like quality time. And it's funny because Dave and I were so poor for so long. And I feel like people will always like shit on me and be like, not all of us have the privilege to hire a nanny and go on a date once a week. Oh, we just started our weekly date nights like three months ago. Yeah. It's like, neither did I. Yeah. So the last nine and a half years, like I remember when I was pregnant with Ziggy, we had no money. We were waiting for David's like police stuff to transfer from a different state so he could work. So he was unemployed. He was applying for jobs at Home Depot. I was waiting for my license to transfer from Arizona to California because we moved back for a little bit to take care of his grandfather. And we were sitting on the floor in the living room. I made a homemade Zupa Toscana because we couldn't afford to go to Olive Garden and get it. So I looked up like a crock pot recipe on Pinterest and we were watching The Office. And I remember adding up our ingredients were $6 at the grocery store. And that was like pushing it. And I just remember being so happy. Like I was just like, we just like talked about our day. Like you didn't need much because you had each other. And no, we like, didn't need anything. As cheesy as it is, it's like, yeah. Like again, the- this is just underlining my expectations. Yeah. And it's, it's like, not that I don't want it. No. And it's, it's, I don't need you to go buy me a gift. I don't need you to go do all these things. Like I just sitting on the couch and talking with him for hours. I learn more about him every day. You know, I learn like he teaches me things about his job or his career, what his goals are, you know, when he leaves law enforcement, what we want for the kids. Like we dream about our future and like what sports they'll play or what we're going to do when we graduate. He's your, it sounds like he's your best friend. He literally is my best friend. Like that's not an exaggeration. He is my best friend. And we just enjoy each other. And like, we were like, where are we going to buy a house? Like hopefully the kids go to college here so we can stay by him. You know, like yeah. oh, we can't wait for our grandkids to just like- Talk about the future is like fun and exciting. Totally. Dream about it. Yeah. So I think it's just like quality time and making time for each other. And that's something as my career has taken off this year, it's been really hard and, you know, something I want to touch back on too, when you were like, when people think that social media isn't hard, he took two weeks off of work a while back. Cause we had gone to Disney world and it just worked out and I had a lot of stuff to do. So he was home helping me. And he was like, I have so much more respect for you being home. Cause I've never seen how hard you work day in and day out because I'm at work. He's like, I like I filmed, I started filming one morning at like 7 a.m. and I f- submitted my last ad at almost two in the morning that day. Like it is, and then I'm with my kids all but day it's long. It's so much easier to work and be motivated and be excited when you have a supportive partner like that. Totally. Because I've been in the other side of that situation where people didn't understand, they didn't appreciate, took it for granted, but also just weren't, I did not feel supported. Yes. And it is so much harder yeah. to sit there and work your ass off when you feel really unsupported by someone. So I also applaud him for noticing that Absolutely. and acknowledging you and like making you feel really seen. Like there's nothing 
hotter than feeling understood. Oh, he's, it's the best. So I just think the quality time and then me making time for him has something I've worked on a lot of like, okay, I'm submitting this. Like this is my last thing of the day. I like, we have like a little nook in our kitchen. So I'll like plug in my phone, set it on the counter. So it's just out of sight, out of mind. We cook dinner together. We put the kids down together and then it's us time. Like we'll rent a movie. We'll make some popcorn. Like we can spend quality time and have our in-home date nights together without having to pay for our nanny or go out to eat and pay all this money. Like we love doing our bedtime routine together with the kids and then just like connecting of our day because the whole day is about the kids and that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. It's not about what you do. It's about who you're doing it with. Totally. So it's like at the end, we kind of like recap our day together, cuddle on the couch, watch Great British Baking Show, DoorDash some dessert, and then fuck really hard. I love that so much. That honestly, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I could sit here and talk to you all day and all we're going to keep talking over on Cheers, your podcast. Avery, I love you. I'm so glad that you. we did this. Thank you for being here. We're going to go have a good night in Austin, you that's guys. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Always. Um, we'll have to do this again soon. Love you guys. Don't forget to follow along and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 